It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe. And today you can find our co-host, the OG, at Doug Branson, LOH. He joins us live from the Dallas airport because he showed up so early, so paranoid, he just might miss his flight. He's got two and a half, yeah, two and a half hours to kill before he's on the next flight to Nashville, I'm guessing. Doug, where are you traveling? Yeah, I'm heading back to Nashville. I've been in Dallas for the uh, Locked On NBA Draft 2021 show. It was a fantastic show. Chad Ford, we had Rafael Barlow from the uh, Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We had John Corrales. I was in the booth. It was an amazing team and an amazing show. You should go back and check out the analysis for your uh, favorite player on that show. It was amazing. The studio was great. That would mean the green screen. Well, uh, thank I you. Figured, I, I figured. I that was sort of my role was production design. So I, I'm glad you appreciate that. And uh, yes, I did get to the airport two and a half hours early. It's not because... I'm nervous about missing my flight. It's because I'm just generally nervous in airports. Even when I'm here two and a half hours early, I'm just still generally nervous being around all of this humanity. I don't know if you've heard the news, but a lot of people are flying right now. So I like to just get to the airport, settle in. It gives me time to do things like this Mm -hmm. uh, and relax and just get ready for the flight. So I'm just prepared. Let me help you relax. Let me, we can vent. We can talk about what the Charlotte Hornets did last night. I hope Nada joins me on Monday. He was supposed to join me today. He's in New York. So we called an audible and we went with Doug. And so now we're going to get the Doug draft reactions. And I was just talking about this too, before the draft, we didn't get any mock drafts on lockdown Hornets this year. (laughs) We didn't, we didn't do any of that. It was surprising. I, I, I don't want to admit that I missed a little, like maybe I missed one. We would usually have five a show because you love them so much. Did you still get into the mock drafts as heavy this year? Uh, well, I definitely paid attention to them. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't collect them and put them on my bookshelf like I normally do uh, every year when I was when I was doing the show regularly and and I've had a few other things to worry about. but um, I have been, I did pay attention to the mock drafts. I saw you know who generally the hornets were, were looking for. And I, you know I don't want to brag, but I've had a little bit of access to Chad Ford. Uh, so he's been sort of my, mock draft insider source uh he's been keeping me informed i need to start texting you more about what the hell the hornets are going to do <laughs> i we didn't get any info on this doug you're getting big time you're designing no. six studios I'm sorry. for the show I'm corporate <laughs> i'm corporate i had to keep it close to the chest we're not doing that bit we've learned from dan levitard it's like the only bit that was so bad when they did corporate michael it was so bad we're not doing that we're not going corporate uh, corporate douglas we're not doing that um all right okay there's a lot to unpack, man. I mean, I said Pac-Man. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte Hornets, they stay at 11. Before that, they make a trade for Mason Plumley to move up 20 spots and really 19 from 56, uh, excuse me, 20 spots from 57 to 37. They take a nice player there in JT Thor. But let's just start with the 11th overall pick, and then we can go to the trade before the draft. We can get to Kai Jones. We can get to JT Thor. And if you want to, we can get to Scotty Lewis just mentioning him. James Booknight, UConn guard, 6'5", combo, bucket getter, inefficient from the outside this year, but shot really well in team workouts. 
has a decent enough stroke. You see the free throw percentage. I think it was 82% this past season, 80% for his two seasons spent with UConn. Crazy athletic, uber athlete, one of the best athletes in the class. Finishes really well at the rim, gets there frequently, gets to the free throw line. So that's an efficient part of his game that you really like. I don't think he's that great of a playmaker right now. You could also put that as to UConn had to rely on him so hard on the offensive end. And so maybe he's just trying to figure out how to do it all himself. Seems that he can be unselfish. It seems like he's got the right attitude. I saw you tweeted out. I loved it, right? It's box office, baby. That's the only way I can describe it. Oh yeah, feed me. Feed me all of that attitude along with Lamelo. I love it. Defensively, I think he can be willing, but hopefully he gets better on that end of the floor. Rookies usually do as time goes on. It wasn't my favorite pick, but it certainly, it continues the theme of being fun as hell, right? Like I would have rather have had other guys, you know, my love for Zaire Williams. I like Jalen Johnson, which I didn't realize you were such a fan of until Nada informed me, Doug. I didn't know that you were on the, the JJ fan club. I was there too. Um, Moses Moody would have made some sense, but, but James Booknight certainly was like the last guy that I would have been pretty cool with until we got to some of the other prospects, right? Like we had my favorites. We had book night transitioning into some other players that I just would have rather not gone after, but it's hard not to get excited. That's a fun backcourt with some good feelings about book night being able to pan out. How do you feel about book night when you saw his name come across the board? Yeah, the Hornets went for fun. They went for blockbuster. They went for high flying. I saw uh, Rob Perez tweet, Worldwide Wob, said that, you know, all these other teams are saying three and D, three and D, and the Hornets just say, what if we just fly? You know, I mean, you have to appreciate the Hornets recognizing, hey, how about we just put a fun product on the court and let the chips fall where they may? And by the way, the Hornets have the luxury of doing that because they hit so well on LaMelo Ball. All of what we're going to talk about today, we have to contextualize within the box of, you have the the ball box. You have a a superstar. Now, what kind of talent can you put beside him? It might not, if you just took Book Knight and, and some of these other picks on their own, maybe they wouldn't shine such a bright light. But when you put them alongside a playmaker like Ball, who makes everybody, who raises everybody's floor, possibly raises everybody's ceiling, uh, then suddenly you feel a lot better about Book Knight. If you're a guy like me, look, I don't, I don't hate James Book Knight. I, I, I love that they went for a taller guard um, and and somebody that that is electric like James Book Knight. But I was more of a fan of Jalen Johnson. I just thought that would have been a perfect opportunity to kind of zig when everyone was zagging. Um, I liked Moses Moody as well because I thought Moody would have given them a defensive element. I mean, the thing is, like, if you look at this draft and you think the Hornets have addressed all of their problems, we knew they weren't going to address center, but there were some other things they could have addressed that I don't necessarily think they did. They instead just went with electric players. And and I think the Hornets, by the way, won the press conference, essentially, right? They, they've won fans over. They've won the commentators over both Chad Ford and Rafael Barlow on the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 show uh, listed Charlotte as one of their two winners of the draft. So on day two, you know, the morning after they've won, what will this look like five years from now? Well, we got to just wait and see. 
We really do. We will see about James Booknight, Kai Jones, all the other decisions they made. And we'll get to some of that in just a moment. First, we'll take a break. Uh, remember, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Always appreciate their support uh, for the Locked on Hornets podcast. Let's get to some of the other things that the Charlotte Hornets did last night. We'll talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. So they definitely went exciting. We continue to talk about them being blockbuster. It's the theme I've been going with. They were the official league pass team last year. You know, they, mm -hmm. everyone loved watching the Hornets play and James Booknight only adds another exclamation point to that league pass team. And it's a lot. Can I, of can I say, yeah. can I say one thing about Booknight that I forgot to, that, that you sort of alluded to, but I, I'm never going to be mad at the Charlotte Hornets taking a player who has a lot of outward confidence. I think that's going to play well with ball. I think that's going to play well overall. It's what I loved about Donovan Mitchell. You know, when he was coming out, like his on all the pregame interviews he, or all the pre-draft interviews, he just exuded confidence in himself and in his game. And I thought this this cat's this cat's a little different. And the more that I watch from Book Night, both after the draft and some other things that I'm hearing, gives me that same kind of sense that you know you talked about some of the gaps in his game playmaking. He could probably be a little heavier. You know, I, I think those are things that if you're confident and you you feel like you want greatness, you'll fix those parts of your game. Yeah, and I like that he's he, – of course he's going to do so, but he's embracing playing with LaMelo Ball. LaMelo has the type of game with his elite facilitating that everyone is going to eat the fruit of whatever he's throwing at you, right? Like he, LaMelo is able to allow you to blossom, and, and that's what I love about having that type of hit. You know, there are plenty of other hits in the lottery for other teams that don't necessarily improve the rest of the roster. And LaMelo allows you to have that cushion. LaMelo allows you to have a little bit of that margin for error because, well, James Booknight by his, by himself, he's certainly, he certainly still has the star potential standing on his own, but LaMelo, maybe that allows you to hit it a little bit differently. And you tweeted yesterday, Doug, about LaMelo's impact. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, the one thing that worries me about this pick is that he fell and, and we know which is that, a, a staple of the no-nos of the doug branson draft guy i don't like it because i still <laughs> i had to look at I, I swear to you walker i had to look this name up before we started the podcast because i have i've scrubbed him from my memory that's how traumatic this was but noah vonley yeah remember that remember that juicy sure name do. noah vonley falling to the charlotte hornets with the ninth pick and uh, we all loved it at the time. We, we thought we had won the lottery. We thought we were ready to go buy a big house, a big mansion, and, and a nice car because we thought Noah Vonley fell into our laps, and we found out he, he couldn't play basketball. Like, he just didn't know how to play the game of basketball. Now, that's not a concern with Book Night. Book Night fell because of some medical concerns, because of injury concerns, uh, an injury to his elbow uh, that required um, uh, surgery, and so there were some questions around that. Uh, so yes, that worries me. Not in the same way that Vonley worries me. I just, I just uh, philosophically don't love uh, taking someone who who falls because there's a reason that player falls. Well, and your philosophy makes sense. I do think that it is. It, it seems different here. One OKC throws a wrench in everybody's plans. Going Josh Giddy. No one saw mm -hmm. Giddy going number six. Kaminga was the guy that felt like your classic faller. He doesn't fall maybe as much as some people were anticipating because the Warriors are like, okay, here's somebody with crazy upside. Let's just go ahead and take our chances. And so Kaminga goes there at seven. Um, 
and it feels like you know with with nine at, at that time the magic have a ton of guards you know when when, when they when they have Jalen Suggs fall in their lap they just decide well, okay we can't go guard so then he lasts again the Kings do the Kings thing and they go with Kings, Davion man. Mitchell. <laughs> Thank you, Kings. Yeah, Thank for sure. You, Kings. It, Thank my, my you, point, Kings. My, my point being, it's that it feels like this was a different slip, only five, four spots. And that seems okay to me. Well, and I think you're right. And I think we, I think I have to make an addendum to my philosophy that if a player falls because of medical concerns and they don't and it's not a like tank 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 fall like a Sharif Cooper who we thought was going in the first round and all of a sudden went in. so if it's not a free fall medical concerns maybe you're more okay with it. And I'll tell you why because I saw what Michael Porter Jr. has been doing and he's a guy that fell because of medical concerns and that worked out okay for the Nuggets so hopefully the Hornets have found uh, some some similar luck here with uh, with James Wilkin. I'm I'm willing I'm not hating on this pick I'm willing to give it all the chance in the world because Mitch Mitch so far has earned my trust so mm-hmm. yeah he, he really I he really has you know PJ and Miles I wasn't a fan of on draft night Miles I only came around on heavily this year when he took a massive leap PJ I was a fan of right after I saw one uh, preseason game I was like oh okay mm-hmm. boom 27 points in your debut cool I'll take it Lamelo was easy to get on board with um, as well as his rookie campaign and it gave him the rookie of the year award with James book Knight, Again, it was like that middle guy, that transition. It was the last one I was going to be happy and cool with real quickly. Let's go with the fit. And, and I, look, I think this means the end of Malik monk, especially with the trade that sure. comes into play. Right? So now you have Mason Plumley come aboard with the trade that the Charlotte Hornets made with Detroit. They add on $8 million a year in salary, bringing in what is going to be your backup center that can come in in a pinch. And even you can rely on rely, like he's fine. Okay. He's, he's not great. He's not even good, but he's all right. He's only making $8 million a year. He's going to be a backup center. We'll see, I guess, with how the other uh, developmental centers are on this roster. We'll see what they do in free agency. I don't think that means that they're done going after another big guy. Maybe you can rely on more so. But my point being, I think that $8 million eats in more so to the flexibility, not only at center in free agency, but with what you do at Malik Monk, now that you have James Booknight on the roster. And, and, and here's the things. Booknight, excellent at getting to the rim. Malik Monk was by far the best driver and finisher among the backcourt players on this team. Okay. So you do have that getting replaced. Malik has always had a prettier stroke. It came on extremely strong this year book night. The best he shot was his freshman year and it was still only 34%, but the free throw percentage is good. Maybe the shot can come along. So I feel like you're combining the maybe some Terry Rozier without like, cause Terry Rozier doesn't play make all that well. And, and I wouldn't call Terry a ball stop, a ball stopper, but he's just not the greatest decision maker facilitating to others. And I feel like that fits James Booknight. And I feel like you're combining Malik Monk's finishing ability. So at least Booknight has that. You know, it's it's different because I think Terry and Malik are the two guys that could leave in the next two years. Malik this offseason, right. Terry via trade or free agency next offseason and, and maybe in the middle of the year. Yeah, and in terms of fit, I mean, that's what you're hoping for, right? You're hoping short-term he gets to come off the bench and be like a microwave slasher and, and gets to do cool things and be on Sports Center, but but doesn't have to carry a huge load because of injuries to to some of the other guard rotation. And then in, in a couple of years, 
uh, maybe he's learned a few skills. Maybe his shooting's gotten better. Maybe he becomes an average defender because I'll tell you what, he's already a pickpocket. He's already kind of like LaMelo Ball, that instinctual defender that can that can turn plays quickly in the transition. So he already has that in his pocket. And so, but he's not a great overall defender. Um, so you, you, you hope- Oh my God. God. We're going to have both of, we're going to have LaMelo Ball, James Booknight, bite on fake passes one and two and it's going to be five on three okay that's fine but you better hold on to them cookies bro that's what i'm saying because he's going to turn it into transition yeah um it's going to be exciting it's going to be head scratching at times but it's going to be exciting and so that's that's really what you hope Uh, and and same thing honestly you know in terms of fit with with kai jones i mean you're hoping that he's because this this um uh, this this roster is pretty veteran laden right now. You you hope that Kai and James have some time to really develop and don't have to immediately go in there and contribute and make mistakes. All right, let's get to Kai Jones, the overall prospect, to end this segment. Then let's get to his fit and some other okay. things. JT Thor next segment. Kai Jones as a prospect. It's funny if James Booknight was the transition to guys I didn't like. Kai Jones is probably one or two if I had a big board after that, as far as the players that were realistically going to be able to be selected by the Charlotte Hornets, he's enticing as hell, Doug. Like it's tough to watch him and not be unbelievably wowed with somebody that stands close to seven feet in shoes and moves like that and jumps Mm -hmm. like that and has the shooting touch enough to shoot 38% from three. Granted, crazy small sample size, shot basically over one a game. That was about it. So you don't take the shooting percentages as gospel, but he shot 38% of them. There's clearly a touch. Crazy athletic. Defensively does not know where to be whatsoever. Um, (laughs) You can't throw men defensively in an NBA game right now by any stretch of the imagination, but clearly the tools are there. You hope that he can become a rim protector at some point. It's what James Borrego has wanted, but he's not there yet. He's got the body. Does Borrego see himself as this guy that can mold him into what he wants Kai Jones to be? Well, potential, potential body body's not quite where it needs to be. And, and I would say, just on everything around Kai Jones, patience. I'm glad Kai Jones didn't go at 11. That's what yeah. I was hearing um, from from Chad a little bit that they had they had worked out Kai Jones twice, and he thought they were going to take a flyer on on Kai Jones at 11, and that to me would have been a disaster. So it when, when we got I to 11, like and then the Hornets traded up, I was like, okay, good. They're, they're going to get Kai at 19. I, I think that's you know that's that's a better bet, and you didn't have to give a ton up um, for that uh, heavily protected picks, you know. So uh, I thought it was a good deal overall. And anytime you can um, fleece like that, it's it's amazing. But patience with Kai Jones is not going to come immediately. But it's another pick, Walker, that, again, you have to contextualize within LaMelo Ball. If LaMelo Ball is going to peak, he's going to be at full if – he, if, if his trajectory is what we think it is and he's going to full superstar status, he, he's going to peak right as Kai starts to really develop and be ready to play meaningful minutes. And so that's that's going to be a powerful combo. It just won't be next season. Do you like giving up what you did? So here's the trade just for context. Mm-hmm. The Charlotte Hornets see Kai Jones falling a little. It's not crazy he went 19, but he they see him become available there. And so the Charlotte Hornets trade a future first-round pick in order to get to 19 with the New York Knicks. The protections on the pick are very good. In 2022, the protections go one through 18. So any top 18 pick will still reside with the Charlotte Hornets. In 2023, 
a top 16 pick will still reside with the Charlotte Hornets. 2024, 2025, a lottery pick will still reside with the Charlotte Hornets. And then after that, it will turn into two future seconds, if not conveyed. So very good protections. Uh, This is the one thing that I want people to realize, and we don't really do this with these potential long-standing picks. You can't use that for anything else. And that's my only problem that it's the protections are great. And I'm glad that this thing might not ever convey for New York, but here we are at 2024, Doug, you've always been a proponent for making that move for a veteran, a win now guy mid season at some points, especially when you have a star like LaMelo, right? Like you've always been open to that idea at least. And you can't use this first to get it done. You have to use a 20, like you just have to keep, you know, going for other first round picks. And so this one might always be off the table and in this purgatory in this weird limbo land. Um, but the protections are good and, and there's certainly a benefit to that. Well, it tells you a couple of things. It tells you one, they must really love Kai Jones. I yeah. mean, they must see something in this kid that we, that we haven't necessarily seen because the, the raw stats aren't there. Um, and you know, he, he looks a little lost at times. So just, just game action that we've been able to see, but some, they see something there that, that we don't see. And so they must really love this kid. Number two, um, they clearly have confidence that this team is going to be, um, is going to be a playoff contender. Like they're, they're getting ready to compete. That's what this, that's what all these picks have told me is they are, they are getting ready to compete and try, and they're going to try to compete for, for many years to come and and you know whether that happens or not well there's a lot that's going to have to go into that uh, but but i would say on on that point uh, about the pick you know not being able to use it they do have some assets though they they've got they, you know they've got rosier they've got hayward they've got some pieces that could possibly be moved for assets if if need be um so it would be if they had nothing on the roster and they did this i'd be like what the what the mm. hey um, that's me getting really upset. What the hey? hey calm um, down, please. Seriously, dude. All right. Like, family Sorry, pod. I, I, know I, need to be, I need to be cognizant of my language. Um, but but because they have some things, I think I think they could they could retool if necessary. All right. Let's I want to continue to talk about that fit, future decisions coming up next. But first, we got to shout out Built Bar. They sponsored the live draft show last night. You know what the deal is with the staples. The flavors are awesome. Cherry Barcia, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel. They're all so good. And oftentimes they somehow manage to make my favorite flavor with the limited time flavor that they introduced. They're even good for you. Low in sugar, low in calories, but high in protein and high in fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. And I see, is that a grasshopper cookie you're waving in my face from Dallas? This is yeah, that's it. It's a limited edition. I don't think I think they sold out like immediately. Grasshopper cookie. I, I snagged one from the set right before I left. You got listeners need to understand. Built Bar is insane. <laughs> like they really are. It's funny that fifty percent of the direct messages shared in Twitter between the Locked On Podcast universe is about Built Bar and how good they are, and that is not an exaggeration. Anyways, go try it for yourself. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's talk about fit and some of the other things the Charlotte Hornets did last night in the NBA draft. It's coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Back with the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Doug talking with me, Dallas Airport, fat and happy off of one of the things he likes to do on trips. Go visit a diner. How was your diner experience as you part ways with Dallas? 
it's it's one thing, fellow travelers, that I encourage you to do is whenever you go to a city, just find the greasiest spoon you can. And uh, there's nothing more downtown. There's nothing more city. There's nothing more American than than a just a dirty, weird lights flickering <laughs> diner. The coffee. The, uh, hopefully the coffee's great, um, but uh, the food's going to be amazing. Uh, you're not going to you're not going to be let down by by a classic American diner. So fat and happy off of the diner. We're optimistic about the draft that took place last night because there's so many moving parts to what the Charlotte Hornets did, having made a trade even beforehand. Then you stay home and take James Book Knight. You trade back up into the first round. We talked about the protections. You take Kai Jones, who you worked out twice. Clear, like sometimes things are smoke and mirrors and other times there's just legit interest. When you work somebody out twice, you had to figure out Kai Jones was going to be uh, somebody that the Charlotte Hornets were interested in. Why are you laughing at me when I say that, Doug? Because I just realized we're in segment three of this podcast and we have yet to mention that the Hornets acquired another Plumlee. <laughs> yeah. We talked we, we yes. talked we talked we talked we talked earlier about how you know lessons learned. You know, I, I learned a lesson about players that fall um from Noah Vonley. And uh, clearly the Hornets have not they, they went back to the Plumley well. They have not gotten enough Plumley from their Miles experience. They said, No, let's try the other one. Let's go get Mason Plumley. <laughs> Cupcheck looked at Rich Cho's history and said, Oh my God, this is awful. Uh, except for this Miles Plumley trade. That's pretty good. And let's just go get Mason. <laughs> see how he works out as a backup center. We don't like Cody Zeller, but we like Miles Plumley enough to pay him $8 million. I, I want to play pretend Mason land. Plumley. See, you just, uh, that's a for you're going to have to, we're going to What did I say? Did I say Miles again? You said Miles. Oh, no. It's, it's Mason Plumley. Put a I'm quarter sorry. in the jar. Everybody just shook a little. They just twitched when I mentioned Miles Plumley again. It was, it was, I remember that trade coming in. I was live on air and that trade came in. And like Bobby was asking me, Bobby Rosinski, 7 30 the game, what do you make of this? I was like, this is bad. <laughs> this is a really bad trade. And no one disagreed. It was everybody the was Miles, trying to figure out the, my, the Miles. Let's, let's clarify. Yes, you're the Miles Plumley trade. Plumlee. Right. The Miles Plumley okay, trade. Because when the Mason Plumley trade came in, I went, okay. Yeah, it's like, fine. I didn't think because somebody uh, said it was like negative cost essentially. I mean, you're taking on the Plumley contract, but you literally you're not losing, really not losing anything. Well, and they get JT Thor, who I really like. It, let's oh. let's get let's get to this the moving parts here real quickly though. I want to go into the alternate Hornets universe, not the one that you played via video game during the pandemic to give <laughs> us some content. I want to go to the alternate universe where James Booknight doesn't fall if he gets okay. taken before the eleventh overall selection. I believe Mitch Kupchak, as much as general managers say this every time with every selection, I believe Mitch Kupchak when he says book night was highly rated on our board. I didn't expect him to fall to us. So we decided yeah. to take him. You know, we can, I am so here for your jokes. Oh, of course. Right. Like I, I welcome all those jokes on the other side. Well, I believe Mitch, when he says that if book night is not available, is Kai Jones, the 11th overall pick for Charlotte? I say, what do you think? Go ahead, Doug. Well, I say probably not. I, okay. I really would hope. I would have been disappointed. I would have hoped that they would have fashioned some kind of deal with the Knicks um, to to move back into that 19th or or the I think the Hawks for a 20. 
Yeah. Um, took your boy. To, to move back. Yeah. Took Jalen Johnson to, to move into 19 or 20 in order to get Kai. I, I, I would have hoped that they would have traded back. And, and I think that's really what happened. I'm sure they were fielding calls for the 11th pick and then they went, hold, hold the phone, hold mm-hmm. the phones. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, James Booknight is, is becoming available. Uh, so, you know, I would have been really disappointed if Kai. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly requires some thought. I can understand and, your and point. I think, and, I, and I think, you know, we talked about how the Hornets won the press conference. They won the morning after the draft. I don't if they had taken Kai Jones at 11, I don't I don't think the, no. per, the perception would have been far different. No, not at all. But I agree. And Mitch Kupchak even said afterwards he fielded as many calls as he ever has on draft night when the 11th pick was on the board. James Booknight was still available. Hell, Doug, a lot of those inquiries could have been strictly about James Booknight. In fact, it's probably safe to say it was. You know, he is a talented player that fell maybe a tiny bit uh, compared to where he was going in mock drafts. All right, let's get to Kai Jones more so with the fit. You mentioned this a veteran-laden team, and you've got some veterans, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, now even some of the younger guys. Like, when you hit your fourth year in Miles Bridges, when you're on the brink of your next contract, you're probably not a veteran, but you're on your way there. You know, they've got some older pieces. Cody Zeller, though, and Bismack Biombo on their way out. They're certainly veterans, but they're gone. My point being, the center position is young. It is extremely young. And so when you talk about JT Thor being your 37th pick, Kai Jones being your 19th pick. You have Vernon Carey and Nick Richards on the roster. Then you have Mason Plumley, who's over 30, but you don't want to rely on Mason. If, if we thought starting center was the problem when Cody Zeller was out there, and then we start Mason Plumley and think, okay, we're good. We've got our developmental pieces, but right now with Mason, we're good. No, you, you can't think that way if you thought Cody was such a problem out there on the floor. My point being, they can't be done in free agency, and it also makes this a little weird like the J the JT Thor selection almost makes me not like the trade up for Kai Jones as much because I like JT Thor that much, right? Like what, what do you make of the JT Thor selection? Maybe how it plays into the center position going forward. Well, I I mean, I think JT Thor is another semi patience kind of thing. I mean, he's super young, 19, uh, not, not even 19 um, until August. So he'll be 19 when, when the season starts, um ton of potential defensively uh, i'm not sure what you get out of him really uh offensively but but there seems to be a little bit of potential there too uh, i just don't i don't see jt thor as like an immediate contributor i would say if, if you spent years listening to this podcast and other sources say how well the hornets have developed greensboro you got to be happy right now because you know i think thor and kai jones could benefit from some time in, in Greensboro. I, I think you're right. They're, they can't be done in free agency if they really think they want to compete for, for a playoff spot. Um, uh, they, there's got to be some wiggle room in terms of the contracts that they're going to retain or let go and, and possibly even um, another trade in the works um, to to address that that center position. Because, yeah, Mason, Mason Plumley ain't it. Yeah, and, and again, with the JT Thor selection, you know, he, he's got um, a decent shot from the outside. Percentage wasn't great, but the form looks pretty good. The, the form's come a long way. Yeah. He is crazy young, and I tweeted this out. You look at the top two standing reaches measured at the combine and then compare that, compare that to every other player in the draft. Kai Jones was second on the standing reach list, and JT Thor was third. So they got bigger with these two picks. They got longer. And JT Thor, I think, might have had the third um, or second longest wingspan altogether 
in this draft right. class. And you have to like the athleticism they both bring. J.D. Thor, crazy fast, too, and some agility sure. skills with, with the combine. So you have to like the bodies. The bodies they got with Kai and J.T., it, that, there's a lot to like there. Well, look, there's a reputation now that Charlotte has a great player development structure in place. It's, it's not just about James Brago being a great you know, player development head coach. It's about the fact that they've got a strong pipeline built between Charlotte and Greensboro. So these Kai Jones and JT Thor, they're coming into a great situation. It gives them the best possible, you know, uh, opportunity to become great players. And then once, you know, if, if you put in the time, then, hey, congratulations. Now you get to play alongside, um, you know, one of the best up and coming facilitators in the league in, in LaMelo Ball. Um, so it's a great opportunity for them. It's a great opportunity for the Hornets. And but, you know, that aside, they've, they've got some work to do if they if they want to be if they want to be a playoff contender and they have to stay healthy. <laughs> I think probably the way you see this play out in free agency is they allow Malik Monk to walk. As we've stated, I never was a big believer in him coming back, you know, especially with Malik's comments with the way James Brago just strictly wouldn't play him in the regular season at times. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't dug into a Walker, but I'm starting to question. Are you starting to question whether Devonte Graham also? Is... <laughs> not as, not as much to me. I, I just, I just think, even with him approaching $20 million, and I get it, James Booknight being selected, the, as much as they've loved Terry Rozier, I, I, get, I get the point. I just think that they're eventually going to bring him back. They still, and, and I wonder how much the cap space is limited for other teams have affected Charlotte's decisions in some of this, because it's not like they're, a, they're, they're not battling a ton of franchises. Maybe they just have sure. to battle a couple. You see Sacramento, it doesn't seem like they're going to bring back Rashawn Holmes. Charlotte probably takes, they do, they take themselves out of the home sweepstakes. And so I know that was everybody's uh, free agent darling to go to Charlotte, but bringing in a Mason Plumley probably doesn't make sense, especially if you're bringing back Devonte. but I, I still think Devonte comes back. You could bring back Malik if you wanted to. I just don't think they are. Um, and then maybe that means you still pay a decent amount of money for New Orleans Noel and, you sign your draft picks, you get Noel, and and that's that's your offseason, right? I mean, like that that's or Noel or some other center, maybe that's your offseason, and the Charlotte Hornets are, are going with it, um, with with that roster in place, and so we'll see what they decide to do there. Um, but it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to see the Mitch Kupchak decision. Yeah, I don't, and certainly if if Devonte can you know return to the three point shooting form that we saw two years ago. It would certainly help. I mean, there's a need right now in this team for outside shooting. It's not mm -hmm. like he doesn't. Not like he doesn't. He wouldn't have a role on the team, and it's never bad to have guard depth in the league these days. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just wonder if they're looking at it now and going, yeah. "Hey, actually, letting him go gives us an opportunity to go and get into another tier of free agent center that maybe we couldn't be a part of." Yeah, and he's still even with the ebbs and flows of his shooting that that's really been here for a year and a half. First half of his second year, he was awesome for a year and a half now it's come and gone he's gone cold streaks whatever but Devonte still his shooting and his decision making is going to be extremely valuable for the charlotte hornets team uh real quickly we'll just mention scotty lewis out of florida very athletic the best athlete that was available at the time no doubt has a top five vertical that was measured at the combine had i think the best lane agility measured among any player there at the combine so it's almost like how we talk about this with the nfl draft draft tools and traits late 
do that here. You know, Scotty Lewis sure. being crazy athletic, your 56th overall pick. Okay. I'll take the athlete and see what he can do down in the G league. I want to have that kind of mold as well. The, the wing player, we didn't, we didn't get that player really in this draft, having gotten JT Thor, Kai Jones and James book I, I still want some wing defense. Um, your, your post defense is still pretty damn atrocious. And so that kind of goes into this offseason. Hopefully whatever big man they sign is going to be a defensive minded guy. Yeah. Cause it, it's pretty bad. Um, Mason Plumlee's not fixing your defense. He's awful. Kai Jones can't do it right now. JT Thor's too young. And, and you didn't get better defensively in this draft, right? Like James book Knight's not helping you on that end of the floor either. Well, we'll see about in the future. My point being, I think defensively you start to have to focus on this offseason. And then again, Scotty Lewis, fine athlete to pick with your 56 overall pick. Sure. Yeah. It's a sure. Why not kind of pick And I'll tell you, he has a seven foot wingspan wings. Did I say wingspan wingspan. Um, his, his, his wings have spun to, to, yeah. to okay. seven Sorry. feet. Airport okay. DFW been a long night. I was up till 1am. It's okay. We're um, he has a seven foot wingspan. And to me, I'll go back to the diner that we were talking about earlier. If I go to a diner and I see they have home fries, I'm always getting the home fries. I don't, I don't need to ask the waitress if I think the home fries are good. I'm just going to get the home fries. And that's how I feel about seven foot wingspan. If you see that still on the board at 56, you go, sure. Why the hell not? Scotty home fry Lewis. I like it. That's what we're going to be Scotty calling Home here. Fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's such an awesome nickname. <laughs> Scotty Home Fries with the 56th pick, the Charlotte Hornets. They knocked it out of the park. Well, what they did last night was exciting. We'll see how it pans out to the actual wins and losses thing that you strive for in the NBA. But what they did, it's very exciting. Mitch Kupchak has said, even in his media availability before the draft, they're expecting to make the postseason. It, they've been transparent about their thoughts, how we're not a playoff team yet. We still have to add talent. Now we've transitioned to we need to add talent, but more so for depth purposes instead of just outright, oh, my God, give us some talent because we're completely void of it. And now we're going to be flirting for a playoff spot. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing you can be certain of, they've drafted a few players who will put some actual stats in the box score. These are not. Screen assist score kind of no. The way you disrespect screen assist is just shameful. Rebounds, assists, field goal percentage. How many bloody noses is Kai Jones going to give us? I mean, I'm going to miss that. Uh, He's going to be delayed. He's going to be no. Here's here's a here's a advanced stat for you. Bloody noses delivered. That's he's going to lead the league. High flying knees to the knees to the mm-hmm. nose the bnds scotty home fries mm-hmm. scotty home fries kai jones leading the league in bnds bloody kai, nose kai delivered. The knees, kai the bees knees jones i love it all right that's doug live from a dallas <laughs> airport thank you so much for the time man we'll be back with you on monday that'll do it for the lockdown hornets podcast recapping the draft we'll be back with you as we have some more time to dissect this and talk about free agency still to come i believe august 2nd just a few days away too so we're right back into it. I know Doug putting his hands on his temples right now. Oh, I got a dentist appointment. Yeah. I have to reschedule. Hey, reschedule. Get those teeth cleaned another time. Go catch free agency as it happens on August 2nd. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Bye-bye.